A little less than two months ago, Cam Rising told us he was not going to be coming back for the 2023 season. What changed? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. On today's show, we're going to be diving into what led to Cam, Brant Keithy, and the rest of the guys all deciding to return to Utah for the 2023 season. Also, talking a little bit about Red Rocks with the best of Utah meet coming up and touching on a little bit of the Utah basketball teams, the men's team's recent success. And in order to help us do all that, it's friend of the show, Josh Furlong of KSL.com. Josh, I think starting with Cam, because it was November 12th when you specifically asked Cam, are, do you expect to come back this season? Or do you, I think you asked him, do you, I, was this your final game inside Rice Eccles? And he said, I believe it was. And it was kind of like, oh, like that was that was it. We all felt like that was the official confirmation because it's very rare you see guys decide to then come back to school after they make a proclamation like that, especially a guy like Cam, who's more reserved with the media. It's not like he's telling everyone what he's thinking, what he's feeling. But then something changed over the course of those two months, basically. And then you get to January 9th, and he doesn't announce he's coming back. To me, I don't know if it had to do more with the evaluation he got or just how it might relate to if he maybe he feels like he can get more NIL money by staying at Utah than he could by more than likely, it feels like with the way the draft is shaking up, he would have gone undrafted based on some of his performances in the game since. I think the Oregon one being a key one. What do you think was the biggest factor or just some of the factors that led to Cam deciding to come back? Yeah, I think it was all of that, right? I think everything you mentioned there was was part of it. I think, you know, he, he was very careful about how he said that when we would ask him those questions. And, and he would always kind of uh, hedge it by saying, you know, that's the plan, you know, or different things that way to say, his indication was that he was leaving, but that didn't mean he was 100% gone. Um, still, at that point, you know, every every indication and everything that we got or, or different people that were talking to us about it basically said that it, it was that way, right? Like that he was going to leave. Um, and I, I think, you know, the, the, the thing that really kind of turned the tide is the fact of, of where he was at draft-wise, right? I mean, because of his knee injury, he wasn't able to really perform the way that he thought he could. Um, I, I think he felt he could give a little bit more. And as a result, he was never going to be a high draft pick. You know, you're going to be in those lower five to seven rounds if you even get drafted. And so I think it, this one played a lot in terms of, of NIL, in terms of what he could get. Uh, the day that he announced that he was coming back, he immediately dropped something from, I believe it was Mountain West Credit Union or yes. something like that. I, I can't yeah. remember. Um, just kind of indicating something that, that is on his side of, of NIL. That, that allows him to be able to kind of profit from that, right? Like you look at what these these players can make on the practice squad. And I think, you know, if you're on the practice squad of an NFL team for the entire season, you might be able to make 100,000, maybe just a little bit yeah. over that. I, I can't remember the exact number. But, you know, you come back to Utah and as the starting quarterback of a team that you've led to two Pac-12 championships, you know, you, you can make some serious cash. So I think there was a lot that played into it. Um, I think obviously his injury in the Rose Bowl, I mean, that definitely added the final kind of blow to it and saying, okay, yeah. this is what it needs to be. He had made his mind up before then, but 
uh, I think all those kind of factored in together and, and allowed Cam to really just kind of say, okay, this is where I need to be. Yeah, I feel like the injury, like you mentioned in the Rose Bowl, had to at least factor somewhat into it. And be more so being, hey, even if he already made up his decision, I feel like if, let's say, he did have this unbelievable Rose Bowl performance where he put the team on his back, gutted it out, maybe that gives him enough to think, maybe I can't go to the league. But then when you get hurt and then you have to rehab and all this other stuff, it's like we don't even know when he's going to be healthy. We sounds like we'd all be surprised to see him during spring ball with the way Kyle Whittingham just talked about the injury in general. So what does that put him in? It means he'd miss his pro day probably, all those other things as well. It just makes it hard to get drafted when all that's going on and uh, speaking of missing a pro day it's what sounds like was going to happen with Brant Keithy as well it seems like he was going to have a tough time getting healthy back on track in that standpoint how quickly I think going into the season everyone thought this was going to be Brant's final season as a Ute how quickly after the injury do you think things kind of changed for Brant that made him realize you know what I'm going to come back and do you think there were some of the similar factors of maybe some of the things like NIL because look he's still one of the faces of this Utah football team yeah, I think that was that was something that was definitely a factor, you know, shortly after his his uh, ACL tear and, and kind of the surgery. But I don't I don't think he'd fully made up his mind until closer to the Pac-12 championship. I think he kind of wanted to see what Cam was doing. Not that he doesn't believe in what other quarterbacks Utah has, but I think, you know, if you have somebody that's established that, you know, you have a good connection yes. with, I think that helps. So, you know, I think just just looking at it, it's a tough situation, right? Like, Obviously, Brant Keithy has done a lot to be able to be invited to the combines and to pro days and do different things that that get people kind of excited about him. But the reality is, is you're going to skip that this time. And and although you have a lot of great tape and scouts have seen you a million times, it's hard to be able to kind of be that guy, especially if you're not like the upper echelon players like a Clark Phillips or somebody like that, that that is going to go no matter what. It's hard to be able to stay on the radar when there are so many dominant people out there. And so... I think for him, like you mentioned, once again, it was an injury that was going to be kind of the, the, the impetus to that. But then, you know, you can make more in NIL and you can you can have an opportunity to maybe run it back and, and get three championships or at least just put yourself out there and kind of keep your, your name out there for, for future NFL picks. So um, the, the crazy thing is, is, you know, he's, he's, he's always going to have like tough tight ends coming out. Like, mm-hmm. Tight ends are becoming much more of a popular position. There's, there's yep. you know, Georgia is loading up on them and they're always going to be sending them out. You've got all these different schools that are doing better with it. So it's not going to get any easier for him, but I think this was probably his best bet if he wanted to be able to at least get drafted higher. And it was so unfortunate too. We've talked about a lot on this show, but man, like just the, the tape he put on against Florida, he was in for another spectacular season and it does suck that the injury put such a damper on that. I think the final two guys we'll touch on is Devon and Thomas in a second, but I will say this, Josh, if Cam had decided to go, do you think any of these guys come back? Or do you think maybe Brant, you said he had made up his mind. Sounds like before the Pac-12 championship game, do you think Thomas and Devon come back if Cam decided to go? Because to your point, it helps to have that established guy at quarterback, that repertoire, something that's tough to kind of get into, want to restart and rebuild that with someone new. And you don't know how it's going to be. I think and a lot of Utah fans have a lot of faith in Nate Johnson, but it's kind of hard to have a come in and have a guy expect to do what Cam's done. Cam now with two years starting under his belt and having guided this team to the they're back-to-back Pac-12 championships, of course. Yeah, that's that's a tough uh, situation, right? I mean, you look at somebody like a Devon Bailey, who's older. Yeah, he was only listed as a sophomore based on a COVID year and everything else that way. But the reality is, is I mean, he's older and, and he, mm-hmm. he needs to be able to kind of figure out his future. But if you do have somebody that can, you know, give you some, some more film the next season that's going to be a proven commodity, I think that helps, right? Like Devon Bailey... Mm-hmm it took him a while to really 
hone in on who he was as a receiver. And we started to see him kind of pull away at the end of the year, even though we saw it in spring and we saw it in fall camp, it, it just, he wasn't able to really own up his position until later in the year. And, and so I think giving him another year of tape and just kind of showing, okay, what he can do, it's tough, right? Like there's so many talented wide receivers out there and they're dime a dozen. And so somebody like a Devon Bailey has to really show out. And unfortunately, as much as he is the second leading receiver at Utah this year, and he's done a lot of phenomenal things, there wasn't anything on tape that necessarily said, you know, Devon Bailey needs to be drafted. If anything, he's a practice squad guy and has to work his way up, maybe like a Tim Patrick type thing. That's not a bad scenario, but I think, you know, these types of players, they had to look at what was on tape. And unfortunately, Thomas Yasmin, same situation. He didn't have a lot of tape until recently. And, you know, I, I think he was fine not going to the NFL. He's obviously going to move on with his life and be okay with it. But I think if that's where he's at and he feels like he can get it now, if he can be the number two tight end next to Brant Keithy, I mean, now you have an opportunity to really showcase yourself. You're a bigger body, you know, tight end, allows yourself to be able to go out there and maybe potentially make some money moving forward. So, you know, if Cam doesn't come back, I, I would say that it's probably, hard, you know, maybe they – maybe it's harder for them to make that decision. But I, I still ultimately think that, you know, if they wanted fu- football to be their future, I think one more year was at least a better option. Definitely in terms of draft stock, to your point, especially about Devon, who it's like he did make a lot of strides. But when you are an older receiver too, it's not like people are bringing in like, oh, he's got the potential to grow into this. In a lot of ways, you are what you are. And you can't get drafted if you're good enough. I remember a guy like Hayden Hurst a few years ago was a tight end coming out of South Carolina, I believe. I mean, he was like 25, 26 when he was getting drafted. And the Ravens still took him in the first round. He didn't really work out there exactly. But he's been able to have success and stick around in the NFL for a while because, hey, he's still a really good football player. You're not going to get drafted as high because of the age. But at the end of the day, teams want guys who are going to produce. And if Devon can show that he can do that two years in a row, I think he'll have a chance to do that i think if brant can come back strong he'll have a chance to get drafted highly and cam as well i think cam if he does have a healthy year and looks really good he'll have a chance to maybe be a mid-round to late round guy when this year just because of the injury and everything it would have been tough for him and then who knows what thomas he has him to to your point it's going to be fun and it makes this utah football season uh changes the dynamic completely with all these star players coming back especially in a loaded pac-12 conference it's going to be a lot of fun to break down and see how it all plays out we're going to come back in a second and talk about the most dominant utah program of the last few years the utah gymnastics team in a moment but first I want to talk to you guys about our friends at bet online betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info stats news analysis this season you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to that college basketball to the nba to nhl we've got it all at betonline.net you can also find sports podcasts there, and they're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info in at Bet Online. You can head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Josh, Utah Gymnastics is just simply, as I said, been the most dominant program. They've made it to the national championship um, a few years in a row now. It's unfortunate they didn't get that opportunity during the 2020 kind of season. They felt like they were on their way to one as well when kind of COVID and everything hit too. And they lost a couple of their prominent players last year when you look at like what a Sydney Soloski has done for this team. But you hear people like Jaden Rucker talking about how special this group appears. You get a great win against LSU, and uh, that's a—I mean, it's a pretty strong win as well. I mean, I'll say—I mean, I think for someone who doesn't know gymnastics, one ninety-seven point two seventy-five to one ninety-six point seven seven five. But anytime you can win by almost a full point like that, it's a, it's a pretty strong win. What are your thoughts on this team, and what did you see from them in person? Because they look pretty dang good again. Yeah, obviously, like the scores are lower in that first meet, and they always are. But it was the highest score that they've had since two thousand five in an opening meet. So. 
I think just from that standpoint alone, they're they're, they're hitting a midseason stride that that is going to bode well for this team. And as much as you know, they have the talented gymnasts that that, that have coming back. And you know, you mentioned Sydney Soloski, and you know, Utah's definitely going to miss her on floor. She was the anchor that that did phenomenal for them. What Utah's done is they've gone and they've they've recruited Abby Brenner from Michigan, and then they've gotten McKenna Smith as a freshman recruit that that has added a lot of depth to what Utah is able to do. They're able to be a lot more versatile. Tom Farden is able to kind of mix up the the, the rotations kind of really mix and match to kind of get what he needs to. Maybe if a gymnast just isn't filling it on a certain event and warmups, he can quickly switch him out. And he's, he's prone to do that. He's, he, you know, he, he moves really quickly that way. And he, he kind of looks at their eyes and kind of what they're feeling and, and he's got a good feel for it. And, and for the most part has been able to, to kind of understand his gymnast in a way that, that really speaks to the way this Utah program has been able to move. So it's 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 going to be a fun team to watch. Look, they've got a lot of talent. They've got gymnasts that you know performed in the Olympic level from from Great Britain as well as the United States. You've got gymnasts that have been here for a long time that are just you know stable, consistent workhorse gymnasts that are that are doing great. So, look, if if you want a good time, honestly, going to the Red Rocks is a blast. Uh, going to the Huntsman Center, fifteen thousand people come every single time. It's it's sold out almost every night. Uh, and, and it's fun, right? Like it's, it's gym, you know, I think a lot of people think of gymnasts as just kind of like a dance type thing. When in reality, like this is a huge sport and these, yes. these women are, are doing some phenomenal things. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, honestly, I think it, it's worth your time because they are dominant athletes. It is unbelievable when you, I didn't know as much about it when I had first moved out here, but then, uh, sitting on, I, since I mentioned I was inside the athletic department, I would sit next to the scores table and kind of watch what would happen there and just watching those girls fly by on the vault and then they're doing they're in the air doing everything it's like how how in the world can they do all that in the air and then land on it the things they can do on the beam when you're talking about the balance and everything required the floor the elevation a lot of them getting in the bars switching from one to the next it really is high feats of athleticism and i think if people want to check it out they have an opportunity to do it away from the huntsman this week at the best of utah at the maverick center look Utah's clearly the best team in this field but what are you personally looking to see out of this utah team whether it's something more consistency or something stepping up or just kind of looking for them to tighten a few things up because they have a pretty tough meet the week after yeah, it, it's more just tightening, tightening things up. The, in their opening meet against LSU, it wasn't perfect by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, you can say scores were low, and, and they were. But there was definitely areas where, you know, they, they didn't hit on what they're, they're used to. And so I think it's just kind of getting into that routine of what a meet is. It's not practice, you know, and, and doing it against competition that isn't the LSUs, right? BYU, Utah State, and SUU, they're good teams, and, and, and gymnastics as a whole in the state has improved. But the reality is, is that Utah is legs above them, right? Like they're they're all they're all you know trying to be like Utah in this in this realm. So how does Utah you know push forward as as a, as a program while not kind of sinking down to that level? And in gymnastics, it's a little different, right? Like you don't necessarily play down to your level. It's all really individualized as a team. Yes. And so it's just a matter of them kind of locking in. Um, a lot, you know, for those that don't know gymnastics, what, what Utah loves to do with this tournament is, is what they call it on podium. Basically, it's, you're a raised platform. You're, you're doing everything at a higher level. You're doing it in a way that, that is more on the championship level because that's what they do is on podium. And so this gives them an opportunity to see an early look at what championships and the, you know, those types of things are like. So that's why they like to do this. So moving forward with this, how do they relate to that and how do they kind of adjust and, uh, traditionally, they've done well. Obviously, they win this meet. This isn't a meet that's any in question. 
but it's more just trying to figure out how they can improve and, and kind of fit, mix and match those lineups that are going to work for Utah this year. Who are some of the players you think this year, you know, you got players like Crystal Issa, Jaden Rucker returning, a um, few bigger names like that. Who are some of the other names you think that people are going to get accustomed to very quickly because of their performances on the season? Yeah, Miley O'Keefe is still going to be a consistent yes. one that you're going to want to watch. But um, one of the ones that, that is brand new is McKenna Smith. She's a freshman. She's one that, that Utah is very excited about. And she's, she, I mean, she showed out in her freshman debut on, uh, on last week, Friday, um, I, I talked to Tom Farden this week, and, and he said that her, their goal is to try to put her in the all-around at one point, which means she's competing on all four events. Yeah. Um, the, the fact that she's a freshman and she's competing with some of these gymnasts that have been to the national championship every single time, they've been in the starting Olympians. rotation. Exactly. And, and the fact that they want to put her in as a, as a potential uh, you know, all-around contender says kind of what her talent is. She was, she was a little more under-recruited than maybe some of the people that have come into that room. Uh, but Tom, you know, he saw what he, he wanted from her and, and she's delivered. She, I mean, she's done some phenomenal things already in, in her short career. And, you know, I think she's one of those that if you haven't gotten to know her now, now it's time to pay attention. You know, I'm going to be dropping something soon on her. I'm, I, I had a conversation with her, just kind of what her life is like and, and everything. So you can, you can check that out later. But, uh, I, you know, I think she's going to be somebody that's there. And then Abby Brenner. She's the Michigan transfer. She's the veteran, right? Like she's, yep. she's competed at a high level. Uh, she competed at Michigan and, and did really well, but she wanted to go to a program that, that really invested in gymnastics and, and, and really made, you know, this sport, the centerpiece. And obviously Utah does that. So uh, she's, she's going to be another person that's going to do really well on vault and bars and really kind of add some, some value to what to the, the two events that Utah's really kind of needed to strengthen over the last few years. Yeah, you want to talk about investing in gymnastics, the new facility that's being built built and finished up, I believe, very, very soon to be when you also look and just talk about that game day atmosphere, just like you said, how full it is. I mean, they don't know. We don't open the curtain for basketball here yet at Utah. I know they're trying to get that changed, but you do for gymnastics. It's an incredible atmosphere. I would encourage everyone to check it out. It should be a fun atmosphere this weekend, too, at the Maverick Center. But um, when I mentioned earlier, hey, gearing up for a big one, they go to Oklahoma. So should be a fun one. The Utes have to take on next Sunday. That's January 22nd, but a nice tune-up opportunity here in Salt Lake first. We're going to talk about the men's basketball team and, and the women's basketball team a little bit and some of the changes they made that have led to success this season in a moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at and the sponsor of this episode, UCCU. UCCU is offering a 15-month same certificate with an incredibly high PY of 4.00%. Plus, you can jump up to an even higher rate of return at any time during the life of your certificate. Hate to be the bearer of bad news, but interest rates and inflation are both on the rise, as if we hadn't noticed. Well, here's the good news. UCCU can help use this current rise in rates to your advantage. For a limited time, UCCU is offering a 15-month savings certificate with the incredibly high APY of 4.00%. What's a savings certificate? Is that like a savings account? A savings certificate is similar to a savings account. Both are great ways to earn a safe return on your money over time. But here's the difference. Savings accounts typically come with unlimited deposits and withdrawals. But a savings certificate, you just make one deposit, then let your money grow and grow with a fixed rate of return that's much higher than a standard savings account. How much higher? Let's just say a lot higher. Make sure you guys head over to a UCCU branch or visit UCCU.com today to get in on that 15-month savings certificate with the incredibly high APY of 4.00%. They have a variety of terms and options to match your specific needs. UCCU, love where you bank. Josh, it's been a much different season for, let's start with the men's team first. I think 
when you look at last season, it was a winless January. So already improved on January in terms of that. But just in general, it feels like the success this team has enjoyed. It felt like everything changed after the Arizona game. And although they've had some unfortunate losses, BYU, TCU, Oregon, all games, they were kind of in or had opportunities that just kind of got away from them at different points in those matchups. It feels like a very different vibe around this Utah team and just a lot of success in Coach Smith's second season. What do you think have been some of the big reasons this team has been more successful and has already been projected by some people to be an NCAA tournament team? I think it's just the, the raising rising expectations, right? I, I think they, they're tired of losing. Nobody wants to lose, right? And, and that doesn't mean that because they feel that way that all of a sudden you're a better team, right? I think what Craig Smith has done is he's, he's transformed a roster that honestly just wasn't good enough to be able to compete at the high level that, that Utah is expected to compete at. And they, you know, he's infused a little bit of a talent, uh, you know, influx there and, and has gotten uh, Utah better. But the reality is, is they're still, they're still improving, right? They're not where they need to be. They still have some depth issues, especially at guard that, that needs to be fixed. Um, but at the end of the day, you have a team that is bought in. Last year, there were some things where whether it was injuries or, you know, we had one player in particular that challenged everybody and, and left the program early and, and kind of caused, a, a, to, you know, some negativity in the program. And then you mix that with, like you said, that losing January and, and you're just losing games consistently, that it's hard to kind of rally for a win, right? That doesn't mean that they wanted to, to lose, but it was just hard to be able to do it. And this year, it's a little different. You know, after that Oregon game, I talked to the players and, you know, I said, you guys feel like you're taking it a little bit harder this time than maybe last year where losing kind of was the, the norm. And it was Marco Anthony that said, yeah, absolutely. He's like, when you lose a lot, you just kind of get used to it. And, and you know, that's kind of the status quo. Whereas now when they lose, especially in these close games that they've had, almost every single game they've been in it at one point, right? They're now, they hurt more, right? And you want it to hurt more. You want it to be able yep. to, to, to be something where you're upset that you lost and not just become status quo. So I think you're seeing a team that is bought in more. They're more invested. They have more talent. It's still not there, like I mentioned. Yep. But, uh, you know, they're, they're getting there. And, and whether they're able to do you know, what they want to do by getting to the NCAA tournament. I don't, I don't know. I think that's still a, a tough challenge. They've got a yeah. bunch of quad one, quad two matchups for the rest of the season. But at the very least, if you can get to the NIT, that is a huge success for this mm -hmm. program, especially since it hasn't been there for a while. So as much as fans want to knock the NIT for not being a good destination, this Utah team, if you can get there, that's phenomenal. If you get to the NCAA tournament, that, that's gravy, right? Yes, exactly. It's just it's a natural progression. It feels like after last year's obviously massive disappointment to then take it a step up and make the NIT, I think would be a huge success. And look, we're recording this Thursday afternoon, so we don't know how the game against UCLA is going to hold. Maybe Utah gets an unbelievable upset that changes the course of their season, kind of like it felt like they did against Arizona already. Or they lose a tough one, could even get blown out. Obviously, the Bruins are seventh-ranked team for a reason. But either way, and they have a tough matchup against USC on the road, too. But these all this was always going to be a very difficult stretch for this Utah team. And I think regardless of the outcome in both these games, people should be very encouraged about the direction that the Utah men's basketball team is going in. And speaking of just kind of that natural progression we talked about, Utah women's basketball team last season had that unbelievable run in the NCAA. Uh, no, excuse me. Well, actually, they did win some games in the NCAA tournament, too, but more so in the Pac-12 tournament where they were able to make it all the way to the championship game. Really feel like Lynn Roberts has turned this team around. You know, the past few years before last season hadn't been great. People were kind of looking 
looking at it saying like, all right, what's the team going to do in this year? It felt like it was kind of a big year and they really performed and they've been able to kind of continue that. And then yes, they had the tough loss to Colorado, but everyone still recognizes how good this team is. And it's extremely hard to go undefeated, especially just to go undefeated on the road in conference play too. So what do you think has kind of changed for this Utah women's basketball team? And why have they been able to take that next step? Cause it feels like they've been able to keep a lot of their young talent too. Yeah, I think a lot of that is is the credit to Lynn, right? She she reinvented the program last year before the season. She wanted to see what her inefficiencies were. I don't think there was any fear that she was necessarily going to be fired, but it clearly wasn't going in a trajectory that was going to bode well for her, right, or the program. And so she wanted to reinvent herself. She wanted to make this a destination where people could come watch women's basketball. And, you know, they were, they were still in large part the underdogs last year. Nobody expected Utah to be successful. Um, they weren't going to ever be a tournament team. They weren't going to win the NC, you know, Pac-12 tournament or anything like that. And then they surprised everybody. They got hot. They they had the right, you know, resume to be able to to get into the tournament. They did everything well, so that once the end of the season came, all of a sudden they do well in the Pac-12 tournament, and it was like, okay, this Utah team is legit. You know, with Gianna Neepkins kind of leading the way. But now what they've done is, you know, they've added Alyssa Peely into that mix, who is a phenomenal def- uh, defender, as well as a great post player on offense who can also expend the ball and, and shoot from three-point range. But she's added another dynamic element to that that allows Utah to really just be effective in all, in all accounts, right? They, they're still a young core, and, and Lynn has done a great job of recruiting and trying to make sure that they have a core that stays together. And now they're, you know... The fact that they lost their first game, and yeah, it came against Colorado, a team that they shouldn't have lost to, but the fact that they've lost one game all season says kind of where this program is at. So, you know, look, they're a top 10 team. You know, they're they're expected to be able to to be in the NCAA tournament and likely host a regional tournament because of what uh, their standing is. In women's basketball, those first few rounds are are at home sites. Um, so it's 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 a great opportunity for them right now. They're hovering around the two or three line on the on the tournament. They're going to be one of the best teams in the Pac-12, but they've still got to do it. They've still got to be able to get through this. There's still a gauntlet. Stanford still exists in this conference. You know, this is, is tough. So um, it's unfortunate that, you know, uh, their game against Arizona State got canceled due to them mm-hmm. having a bunch of injuries. So we won't get to see them, but their next up will be against Arizona, which is a good team. So this this is a good team that, that you know, they've obviously done a lot to be able to improve. And, and it's another one of those programs that if you haven't watched the women's program, they're fun. They're a lot of fun to watch. And they've got a lot of, you know, they pass the ball, they're high energy. Uh, they've got a lot of talent and, and they're going to do a lot of great things this year. So another team that's on the rise that, that you know, you should be able to check out and, and, and really watch and enjoy. Yeah, the steps Jenna Johnson and Gianna Neepkins have taken. You mentioned Peely. This is an exciting team. And, I mean, if there's one theme of this entire episode, I feel like it's just all these sports trending upwards. When you look at gymnastics, both basketball programs and football with all those guys coming back, it is a great time to be a Ute. And, Josh, if people want to learn more about these athletes, as you already mentioned, McKenna Smith, you talked with her a little bit, where should they head over and check out? Yeah, you can read my stuff on KSL.com or you can follow me on Twitter at JFERKSL. Um, I'm happy to talk to you about anything, any of the athletes that I talk to on a you know a consistent basis or or just read the articles on KSL.com. I appreciate any time that uh, you guys give me. That's great. Make sure you guys get over and check out KSL.com to get all of Josh's great stuff. Also, if you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, we re- recommend you check out the Locked On College Basketball podcast. They cover the biggest games, also talking about with it with the biggest interviews, 
biggest coach. They talk with coaches, the players, everything you need. It's locked on college basketball, everything you need on the hardwood as it relates to college sports. Big thanks to Josh Furlong for joining us once again. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes, but we'll see you next week. Have a good one.